From the Detroit Free Press, I'm Robin Chan with a voice briefing special report. In February 2014, Michigan assumed control of Detroit's Belle Isle Park. Belle Isle's transition into the 102nd State Park of Michigan occurred in the wake of the city's historic Chapter 9 bankruptcy filing. To mark the anniversary of Belle Isle State Takeover, the Detroit Free Press has been talking to residents about what's changed in the last 10 years and what's to come. With great help from the Detroit Historical Society, we wanted to share with you a small snapshot of Detroiters' memories and views of the island in their own words. While each voice is unique, you'll hear shared experiences of what Belle Isle has meant to generations of Michiganders, including Sunday family car drives, picnic lunches, water activities, and more. We hope you enjoy this. Well, when I was very young, all I had was a bicycle, and everybody had bicycles back then. I, I grew up on the Lower West Side, but we would often go like on our bicycles to Belle Isle or to some other places. Just you know, Belle Isle had canoes that you could rent, and we used to like doing that, or we'd go down to the beach at Belle Isle. Bellio was a place that they used to go to a lot. When they first got a, a car on Sundays, they would drive like the horseshoe of West Grand Boulevard because that's where all the big houses were. So that would kind of be their Sunday drive. And then I remember going to Bellio a lot because my mom's job, they would have a big family picnic every summer and they still had the canoe, canoeing then. And it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was very family oriented. And now it seems like, you know, Bellio's becoming a really nice place again to, to go. It's always been a beautiful place, and it's yeah, always yeah. been a family <laughs> place. Sunday back in those days was a typical Sunday drive, and the family would get in a car, and we would, of course, drive over to Belle Isle, and we would have to do the routine of going across the boulevard, getting to the bridge, and going under the tunnel and having to honk the horn, and that, that was traditional. And then, of course, getting out and walking around Belle Isle, and seeing what was and what wasn't. And it was it was always families that were out at that time, something that you don't see that much of anymore. Uh, we did spend a lot of time out at uh, Belle Isle on uh, canoeing, ice skating in the wintertime spent my time out on Belle Isle Fugle around. It's been interesting watching Belle Isle transition from city-owned yes. to yes. state-run. My mother and dad met on Belle Isle. He used to play <laughs> softball out there, and then just fell into disuse and dis, you know, disrepair over a period of years. But now it's really made a change. We like going out there. I've driven around there many, many times. On weekends, the Chaldeans would get together and they'd go to Belle Isle. There were probably about 100 families at that time. And so sometimes we would spend Saturday night right on the grounds up in the park area. And we'd all bring blankets and pillows and we'd bring food. And everybody had their baskets of food. And we'd sleep out there overnight at Belle Isle. That's how safe it was. And sometimes we would do little canoe rides, or you could rent bicycles, or, or we. What we loved the most was the fountain, the fountain that had the dancing waters that turning colors at night. They had all the like a dancing 
flow of water, you know, at the Belle Isle at the fountain there, the Scott Fountain. We loved that area. So we would go almost every uh, summer weekend to Belle Isle. And uh, later on, uh, as we get, got a little bit older, my father would take us on picnics. And we'd have lunch out on the picnics and we'd watch the, the barges go by, you know, uh, on the Detroit River. And it was just wonderful. I loved Detroit. We would, my father finally got a car, he got a DeSoto, and we'd go all the way down to Belle Isle and we'd park. We'd picnic and park by the, the band shell and listen to the free music. But I really feel like it's all starting to come back. Belle Isle, you know what happened with the government taking that over, it's, it's looking so much nicer now. But they weren't taking care of it. People didn't appreciate Bell Isle anymore, you know. And and they, if they had more security and things out there and ran the way they should, they could have stopped a lot of things that was happening at Bell Isle before the state took it over because nobody was policing young people out there at the island. I love the way that it's clean out there now, you know, and everything, you know, but you have to pay. And everything, and it makes you feel like, you know, everything we used to do and you didn't have to pay for, you know, don't group everybody into like everybody's bad, you know, and everything is going to happen. But it feels like, you know, you're not wanted down there, you know. You just don't feel like you're wanted down there. Bell Isle was on big rock. Baseball, kites, Mr. Arthur. Laying the canoe shelter, so we could always got a canoe heading through the streams to the golf course area. We had long poles with little nights in the air. We'd throw a canoe with as many golf balls as we could find. the golfers down the shore, idled on there and need any balls? Well, sold them. One time I remember we got by our bikes and everybody said, let's go to Belle Isle. And we were like, we didn't know where Belle Isle was, so we asked our parents and they told us. So here we go, 12 kids, there's about 30 of us. And we had to double up on the bikes. We rode all the way from Carter and Linwood <laughs> to Belle Isle. <laughs> and <laughs> we never did that again. But our parents were happy because when we came home, we all fell out. So, you know, the kids were real quiet that day. <laughs> but I like what's happening with Bella because that's one of my favorite places. I love Bella. When I was working on my degrees, I would go there and do my homework. And it was so nice because there's something about the water that, you know, gives you peace. And you can get a lot done. I got a lot of my homework done. So I, and that Bell Isle's been one of my favorite places because my mother, when she was pregnant with me and my sister, my dad said whenever he came home, he said if he didn't see her, because they didn't live too far down, I think they lived like about three or four blocks from Bell Isle. He said if he came home and didn't see her, he knew that that's where she was. <laughs> sure enough. So I think that's where I got <laughs> like in Bell Isle. <laughs> Dad always wanted 
we didn't always have a we didn't have a car at first. And I remember the day that he he got a car. He got a little Chevrolet. Must have been like those old kind you see in the old movies. And it was blue and it had the roughest interior I ever felt in my life. But he put all five of us and four of us got in the back and the baby would stay in the when my mom lap in the front. And we would go to Belle Isle every Sunday after church. And we would go down the boulevard and then there was a tunnel that took you to Belle Isle. And so you would go down under there and you'd come up out of the tunnel and then you'd go over the bridge and then you could hear everybody honking their horns and stuff like that. So that was, that was pretty fun. I remember Belle Isle when they had ponies and merry-go-rounds and slides and playgrounds and the aquarium and the terrarium. The aquarium is one of the oldest in the country. And now all that's coming back for young people and children, young people to be able to take their children to or for me to take my grand, my grandchildren to. And that's important because that's history. And that to me that the city is bringing all that back says that we're moving in the right direction, you know, in terms of ecology, in terms of community, and in terms of bringing back the neighborhood collective idea of diversity can be a good thing when you're in and in create an environment where whatever is happening happens good for everybody. The audio you heard in this piece was made possible by contributions and help from William Wall Winkle, Tracy Irwin, and the Detroit Historical Society. The voices you've heard include Carmen Solis Crowley and Rita Solis, Lucille Schaefer, Anita Hadley, Rosalind Stearns-Brown, John Colling, Richard and Janice Powell, Lamont Lee Bagoli, Josephine Serafa, Wanda Black, and Ronald Navickus. Visit Freep.com for additional Bell Isle coverage, including reporting from Keith Matheny, Dana Afana, John Gallagher, and Scott Talley. Special thanks to project editor Randy Essex, visuals director Kathy Kalashevsky, executive editor Anjanette Delgado, and Freep Now editor Marianne Struman. Nicole Avery Nichols is the editor of the Detroit Free Press. Thanks for listening. And you can hear more from us each weekday on the Detroit Voice Brief and also at Freep.com slash podcasts.